we're a technology firm that is just connecting buyers and sellers. So at some point in time, we do see that there will be a value to bulk buy. And yeah, we may not have a, the same format. You know, we don't need so much of gamification in a business environment. Welcome to SaaS Connect, the SaaS Partnership Podcast, brought to you by the Cloud Software Association. Thank you, as always, to our podcast producers, content allies. They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. How many of you have heard of Top Hatter? So what we are, to those of you who haven't heard of us, is we are a mobile shopping discovery platform. And we have a typical Silicon Valley story. Two founders from Stanford. We also have the garage story from the Silicon Valley, you know. You have to have a garage that doesn't really complete the profile. So it started about six years ago. And as you can see from the chart, we really kind of took off about three years ago and are doubling in GMV year on year. We are about 80 employees and we have two offices. Now we are in San Francisco. But when we did start out, we were in Palo Alto in the garage I was mentioning. And the only thing that does not fit in the checklist of a typical Silicon Valley company is we achieved profitability in 2015. That's a little bit about us. And Tina did a great job of introducing me. So I really need to cover this page a lot. But I joined Top Hatter about a year ago. And now not only do I do strategy, but I also run global sales operations. I had a really good stint at eBay about three years running the automotive group. And then prior to that, running online commerce at Dell and operations at GE. Our mission at Top Hatter is all about fun and fulfillment. And the reason why we're here is, of course, to talk about the gamification element. At Top Hatter, our entire platform is built on fun and gamification. What I'll do is, before I talk to you more about how the platform works and how we have weaved in gamification in e-commerce, so if people ask me, what is the difference between you and all the other 100,000 marketplaces and e-commerce sites that are around the simple explanation is Amazon and typical marketplaces are very search-based, they're very intent-based. So for example, if I'm looking for a backpack for my son, then I will go to Amazon because I know exactly what I want and I'll search the site. And what the site does is it basically does a match of what you have input. It does a best match, looks at the best seller, best price, and it serves you up. What we do here at Top Hatter, it's all discovery-based. You don't come to the site because you want a backpack or you want something for your living room. You come there because you want to be entertained. We ask buyers, you know, why do you use Top Hatter? And the answers that we receive from them is largely, you know, we were depressed. So we wanted to do some jobbing. So we came on the site or we are bored or we just like to win. I'll tell you a little bit more on the format, but it has a very strong gaming component. Everything starts at a dollar and every bid that you make, it actually incrementally increases your bid by a dollar. There are 11 people who bid and the item will go from $1 to $12. And every auction ends in 90 seconds. So at 90 second point, whoever has the winning bid, the person, you know, John, who beat Shelly for $12 will now win that item. So there's a gamification component. So people, that's really what attracts them to our site. And from a demand perspective, which is a very interesting concept, fascinating actually, is if you think about how you harvest demand on e-commerce sites like eBay or Amazon, 
I'll give you an example. So let's say that we have lots of black dresses, but we don't have that many. And I'm saying we as in Amazon or eBay, I don't have small sized black dresses. So the seller actually know there is a demand for size smalls. I need to go in and list those so there will be demand. So what are they doing? They're just harvesting demand. Whereas on our side, you know, since people aren't searching for it, all they're doing is generating demand. So I was in traveling to work on Caltrain today and I opened up the app and I saw something interesting. It was a Spanx for your arm. I don't know how many of you, mostly in this room, they're all gentlemen. I don't know if you know what Spanx is. Spanx is the best product available for womankind. You know, I love it. It's changed the game and for me especially. So I'm saying there's a Spanx for your arm. What the heck does that mean? It's a flint wrap that makes your arms look smaller. I never knew, I would never go searching for a Spanx for my arm, but there it was. And it was really highly in demand. There were at least 13, 14 people who were bidding on it. And so what our, our site has done is it has actually generated demand. It has created a lot of engagement. And of course, we are mobile first. We can't have all this, these snackable moments if you're not mobile. And from a business perspective, we're really displacing a $100 billion discovery market. Of course, a smaller market as compared to a utilitarian or retail intent market. So how does a business model function? We're like a typical marketplace where we connect buyers and sellers. We have about 5,000 sellers on our side and they upload millions of products. And we have 20 million or so shoppers who come to buy and then they discover new items and then we take a percentage of the sales and the proceedings. And so the last few slides are actually the most critical in terms of the takeaways for this presentation in terms of like the gaming element. So I was talking a little bit about the search engine before in a typical e-commerce side. How that functions is the algorithms there, the search algorithms are matching the keywords that you entered. Whereas what our algorithm, what we call as the auto schedulers, literally what it's doing is it's making a prediction of demand of the items that is in our online warehouse, so to speak. So remember, we I told you we have about 5,000 sellers and they upload a lot of listings, so they are in a virtual warehouse. And so the algorithm is constantly looking at the, what we have and then curating, pulling inventory from our online warehouse and then showing it in terms of auctions to the buyers. Now, how does that do that? This is a very fascinating business model because you have to have a real-time demand and supply balance. So just like you guys are all familiar with Uber and Lyft and how the real-time balancing happens, we need to do that at all times. So we're constantly looking at how many people are there and how much inventory are we going to offer because let's say we have a scenario where we have a lot of inventory and too few buyers then our ASPs will be depressed, our pricing will be depressed. And the opposite, if we have, you know, too few inventory, I mean, too few products to buy, then you might, they'll overvalue it. So the Spanx that I was talking about, we sold at $15, they may end up selling at $100, which is really not, doesn't make sense. So that's why the balance is very important. And we look at other factors, just like every other marketplace in terms of shipping speed and seller quality and what have you. So this page is talking about the number of hours we spend on mobile. And I do think this looks like it's a typo. They say five hours. I think most of us spend 15 hours on a phone, literally. So it's fascinating to me. I've seen the journey of mobile commerce. It's so hard to shop on a small form factor. And just five years ago, it was so hard. And today, 
we're approaching 50% of all e-commerce is on mobile. And from a gaming perspective, 80% of top grossing Android apps are games. So this is a very important factor to understand as we design our products because you know, there's an influx of data, there's an influx of information. And so the gaming component actually drives more engagement and drives more conversion. And this chart really shows you the little blue chart talks about buyer conversion and the dark blue chart is bidder conversion. And I've worked in other e-commerce markets and I've had a lot of online experience. The kind of conversion rates that we have at Top Hatter is phenomenal. We usually have a single digit, low single digit conversion rates everywhere else, but 15% is pretty high, almost as close to an offline retail conversion number. It makes sense to have a high offline retail conversion number because you know what you want, you're going there, you can actually feel the product, you have a higher conversion rate. If you don't like it, there may be other things that you are attracted to because you're in the store. That kind of discovery experience, along with the gamification and the entertainment experience, really helps drive engagement and conversion on our side. This page is basically talking about how we put it all together. So what I probably did not explain a whole lot in detail earlier is a lot of our experiences are very personalized. So not only do we, our algorithms, understand how many people are there, how much we need to push and what we need to push, it also takes into consideration who you are and what you do on the side. And it's all real time. As soon as you start engaging in the app, your bid, browse and buy or the interest in certain products, it does a very quick calculation of all that and personalizes your experience. So it's push based. It's not demand based, which means, again, you're not searching. It basically knows who you are and it gives you that product. It's very real time. And of course, it's entertaining. The one thing that I didn't mention in the previous page, which everything else here covers, is the snackable element. We are a society now that is fairly ADD. It's really hard to capture people's attention. So the less people have to think about things, the less people have to search for things, the faster and the better it is the experience for the buyer. So it is personal, effortless, real-time, and snackable. And this is the last page in my presentation. It's really talking about how other companies are using the same philosophy of gamification. I don't have this here on this chart, but my son is a 10 year old boy and it's very, very hard for me to make him sit down in one place. But he spends 30, 40 minutes on Khan Academy and largely because he gets these little badges and he's very excited about getting them. And he can go to the next level and then jam with his friends that he got the next badge. And I think that is gamification right there for you. And so how mundane your activity could be like filing your taxes, who likes filing taxes? I think there are just two people in the whole world who like that. But then <laughs> Intuit does a good job of their ads make it sound like fun and takes the fear away from that activity or Slack, you know, making communication more fun. We were discussing recently, you know, we have a gentleman in our office who has for a small baby. Somebody created emoticons of the baby in different moods, happy baby, upset baby. When we want to communicate with Dwight, we actually communicate with the emoticon of his baby. We are happy with him, the happy baby emoticon. It's hilarious and we do so many crazy things with Slack. And I think that that's fantastic. Gaming doesn't have to be a traditional game, but if you can incorporate fun into your product, then it drives engagement, it drives conversion and all the good things that you need for your business. So I promised you that I'll rush through this so you guys can go to your happy art. That's all I had. <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking with me. I'll buy you all a drink for listening to my <laughs> Thank you. Questions for Shrey? 
All right. So thanks for the presentation, Sri. First of all, I think it'd be great to have a top hatter for business <laughs> as well. And, and I don't know if this is a question or a statement, but a lot of us are either, you know, we're participating in marketplaces on the business side or we're, we're managing marketplaces on the business side. And, you know, and they probably look a lot closer to like eBay versus sort of what Top Hatter is doing. Is there something that you've seen core and you kind of touched it, maybe it's mobile, you know, but that's driving how people are making decisions to buy through mobile that maybe we could take and apply to our own experiences with the marketplaces that we're participating because we're all trying to get what's happening, at least from my experience is people are searching for X, right? And they're getting a list of 20 things and they're looking at the top three and that's, that's it, it, right? And so like, what are the things that maybe we should be doing or could be doing or do we need just someone like Top Hatter to build this for business software as well? It's a very fascinating question. So let me answer the first part where you said, how do you differentiate yourself in a way? I think the more visual you can be in what you're listing, the easier it is. So I'll use the parallel of Top Hatter is you have 90 seconds to make a decision as a buyer, whether you want to bid on it or not. And you also have to make a call that, okay, the price has now reached $15. Should I bid or am I out now? Is it too much for me? What we tell our sellers is make sure that your listing has very good quality pictures and it reflects the value of the product. Because if you don't, then you don't get the value you need. But there's also the opposite, which is a different direction. They can overstate the value of the product, which we don't want either because it has bad buyer experience. So what I would say is, you know, like I was talking about, people don't have the time today or the patience to do a lot of consideration. So as much as possible as you can be visual or you can have other engaging forms of content, whether it's video or something that are very small and catchy, that'd be great. So, I mean, I don't know your business, happy to talk to you offline, but if you are listing on eBay or any of those platforms where you have video content and other ways to differentiate, that'd be fantastic. And then as far as the B2B piece of it is concerned, you know, we've spoken about that. At the end of the day, we're a technology firm that is just connecting buyers and sellers. So at some point in time, we do see that there will be a value to bulk buy. And yeah, we may not have a one, the same format. You know, we don't need so much of gamification in a business environment, but we definitely are thinking of doing that. And then potentially even modularizing our technology. I think the e-commerce is generally a flat. It, ours is very responsive technology. So we're immediately, we know who you are and what you need. And I think that is the future of e-commerce. You know, we're going away from the whole catalog search-based businesses to personalization. And so that's another piece of technology that we can potentially help you all with. Thanks. Thanks. Great presentation. So I love what you've done with, with gamification with your buyers. I've seen some partner programs implement gamification to keep their partners engaged. Have you done this on the seller side? And have you, what kind of impact and results have you seen with, with that? You know, we haven't, you know, we're still a startup and we're every day trying to figure out how to hack away our business to growth. But the sell side is just about beginning to become more mature. And I love that. We've thought about that. We've thought about the traditional forms of community and we do see some of our sellers are in china and we do see that there's a lot of interaction that they have amongst them so just because it's all a community even in the us a lot of our sellers are in new jersey and they all know each other so there's a community element there so we have thought about how can we drive gamification on top of the existing communities that we have but we haven't had you know enough investment but definitely we'll take that as an input all right thank you so much okay thank you if you like this and want more great insights on software partnerships you've got to rate like and subscribe and join us at the cloud thank you as always to our podcast producers content allies 
They help B2B companies like you launch revenue-generating podcasts. They'll schedule interviews, produce the podcast, and promote it. Check them out at contentallies.com. We'll see you on the next episode.